Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Blog Talk Radio. a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us, and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, Separativeness, Part 3. Before we explore this topic, I'd like to give some credit to Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of Lucis Trust, and Lucis Trust sponsors this show. Alice Bailey also wrote 24 volumes of literature, and those 24 volumes of literature are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought also comes from the works of Alice Bailey. Clear thinking, a clear appraisal of causes, and a loving outgoing to all should distinguish all spiritual people at this time. Where this attitude doesn't exist, there is the danger of falling into the trap of hatred and separativeness. This spells danger and illusion. This is such an important topic. Uh, shall, we be, shall we pick up with the discussion of the underlying causes behind the cleavages we see in the world today? Yes, um, we have touched in the first two programs of this discussion on separativeness, and um, I think people realize how deeply important it is to understand and learn to recognize the signs of separativeness within ourselves and not just seeing those signs in the rest of the world. There's a very interesting spiritual um, component behind the strengthening. It seems to be strengthening separativeness we see in the world, and it has to do with the growth of the sense of the self, I think. Psychology as a science has really emerged only in the last century or 150 years, perhaps. 
And this is a sign of the growing realization that each human being is a, an individual, a self with a consciousness and a past and a future that needs understanding. And on a larger scale, we see it in the presence of the, or the emergence of groups that are declaring their unique selves, their unique culture, their unique customs and history and so on, and this is all to the good. But the counterpart of that is a tendency to distinguish oneself from everybody else by the ways in which one is different and unique or supposedly unique. But spiritual teaching says that humanity is one on the inner level. And so separativeness, the sense of really being apart from, isolated from the whole, is a great danger. Yes, but it's uh, separateness is a um, it's kind of the line of least resistance for these people today, and particularly given the state of consciousness that the world is in, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's inevitable that uh, there be expressions of separativeness because it's part of the growing experience. It doesn't excuse it because it's time now we begin to move on from that and find ways to counteract that and eliminate that tendency, I think, within our consciousness. And it starts with each individual. It does seem as if the the present period that we're in is a time to stand up and be counted, to take a stand. People are being forced to decide where they stand on a number of ideological and political issues and that of course forces people into a position that separates them from those who see life differently. Perhaps it has to do with the transition from an age uh, governed by the sixth ray of idealism, the old age so-called, into a new age that is not very clear except in its basic outlines and uh, there is this kind of cleavage developing between the people and the groups and the nations that represent the old ways, the old conservative, fundamental, foundational, traditional ways of living and believing, and the new emerging trends that uh, seem so opposed to each other, and yet both are needed. Yes, as, as I think we've said before many times, it's just a part of what's occurring during this transition stage from one old age and the old tendencies and the old ideals to a new age with its new energies and um, new emphasis and new rhythms that are beginning to um, express themselves through human activity. But the way it seems to be expressing at the present time is that it is deepening a cleavage between human beings that's really worrying and this is where the separativeness comes in why are people being so becoming so divided from one another we see it in in this society the political spectrum is more and more polarized we hear the word polarization tossed out more and more and that's where people are driven into camps at opposite ends or think they are at opposite ends of each other, not only in political views but religion, social customs, and so on. And when you have that kind of polarization, it seems to me that people stop listening to each other. They stop hearing the views 
of people who think differently from them. And there's this sense, well, I'm right, and anybody who thinks differently is wrong. And if they're wrong, they're not worth hearing. And if they're wrong, they should be silenced and uh, made to uh, withdraw from the fray. That's the nature of the times. Yes, and it's, 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 it's kind of a battle between those who are a little more aware and awakened and those who are still uh, struggling with uh, the old tendencies that they, they feel more comfortable with. There's a lot to be said for some of the techniques that are being developed in uh, mediatorship and arbitration. Uh, there are certain techniques that people involved in labor disputes and in the political field and in business have developed. And when you add to those the spiritual belief that whether or not on the outer level we differ, we are in fact one humanity, then you have, I think, the grounds for some kind of approach, some kind of reconciliation. And it's, it's troubling to see this supposed impasse that is strengthening uh, between the left and the right, the fundamentalists and the progressives, the liberals and the conservatives. All of those terms have become buzzwords that uh, are pejorative and uh, don't necessarily lead to any enlightenment at all. But people of goodwill and people who do believe that we are one humanity can be on guard within their own thinking and their own contacts for any kind of separativeness because often it's very subtle. And the writings of Alice Bailey point out one factor that might apply especially to American society. It has to do with idealism. And uh, if people remember our discussion of the seven rays, we mentioned that every nation is governed by a soul ray, an energy that defines the soul of that nation, and a personality ray, uh, an energy that defines the outer face that we present to the world. That's true of individuals, of groups, and of nations. And America is governed by the sixth ray of idealism and devotion on the level of the personality. It's expressed itself in many good ways, but it also has that tendency to fanaticism and idealism taken to such excess. And she says that these ideals, whatever they might be, can feed pride and they can lead to a kind of stubbornness and foster perhaps an unrecognized sense of superiority, that smug sense of, well, I'm better than everybody else because I believe thus and thus. And it closes us in upon ourselves if we aren't on guard for the very ideals that we cherish and think are so precious. They can become a kind of prison if we're not careful and set up what she calls a crystal barrier that keeps us from hearing our neighbor, keeps us from hearing the people who think differently than we do and who believe differently and have had a different life experience. It's a deadly kind of thing, and it's based on something very fine and ideal. Mm -hmm. And it was the <clears throat> very ideals that brought uh, people to this country in the first place. Uh, they came here for the ideal, for establishing freedom, and for finding a, a place to 
expressed their their freedoms that uh, but they also brought their attitudes of separativeness and difference and they brought that sense of otherness uh, with them and the sense of otherness is what kind of grows into uh, the sense of separateness mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, early settlers for example they they set up their own system of ownership. Uh, they see this land for the taking and they're grabbing and they grabbed it and uh, they began to divide it up into uh, parcels of land and they took ownership of these parcels of land. And uh, that was a system that uh, just was kind of foreign to the indigenous Indians who lived here. But uh, uh, <clears throat> So th- this has grown and out of that whole ideal that this country represents uh, we've we've uh, developed a whole system of capitalism and uh, um, ownership and uh, which um, in in a sense is promoted separativeness mm-hmm. yeah it does um, tend to an isolation and a competition she Alice Bailey also comments that um, idealism can work out in a way that um, fosters separatism because it is a system of measurement, you could say. You measure your beliefs and the quality of your beliefs and ideals and goals against those that you think everybody else is holding. And this is a sin of the mind, I guess you could say. So as humanity develops more and more mentally with the spread of education and literacy and so on, we're going to see more and more separativeness. And there are is a way to be on guard for it. She points out that a deep distrust of one's reactions to life can be helpful. Every time we have reactions that evoke in us a sense of pride or of criticism or of otherness, as Dale says, of being different than everybody else, the implication being special, and not like the run of the mill. These are all the glamorous characteristics, she says. Glamour meaning that fog that shuts off the light of reason and reality. And if we watch for these kinds of um, reactions in us, we can do our part to alleviate the separatism in our thinking. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today, Separativeness, Part 3. Please take advantage of a special offer from Lewis's Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book. Ponder on this. Ponder on this is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey. Uh, This was one of the early books that I read, Ponder on This, and I liked it a lot because uh, the depth and the uh, quantity of uh, Alice Bailey books is so huge that... uh, uh, that one way to approach it is through Ponder on This. And Ponder on This gives you more or less an abridged version of every topic. This way you can form your own priorities as to how you want to approach the 24 volumes. And I think it really makes the uh, uh, the uh, the reading job a lot easier, a lot more interesting when you start with Ponder on This. Um, it's available for $16. The discount comes in the form of free shipping and handling. And so what you need to do is send a check or a money order for $16 to Lucis Publishing. Lucis is L-U-C-I-S. Lucis Publishing, 
120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Uh, once again, that's a check or money order for $16. Uh, ask for Ponder on this. Mention that you heard about it on Inner Sight. And send the check or money order to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And also, we appreciate uh, your donations, both large and small. Uh, they're an expression to us of your support, and uh, once again, they are tax-deductible. If you would like to donate, uh, uh, please do so by sending your check or money order to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And also... We have a website, and on that website you can find out a lot of information about Lucis Trust, um, including previously archived library of radio shows. And that website is www.lucistrust.org. It's www.lucistrust.org. If you'd like to get in touch uh, with us with us for a general package of information, Informing you about Lucis Trust, uh, you can certainly do so by giving us a call on our toll-free number, 1-866-695-8247. That's 1-866-695-8247. The easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. Uh, one of the previous shows on separativeness uh, had to do with a uh, mantra that I thought was so beautiful and also so meaningful, and uh, I think it was thoughtful, too. I think it would be worth going into it to get, uh, again, and it certainly relates to our uh, topic today. Would you do so, Sarah? Yes, I think you're referring to the mantra of unification, which comes from the books of Alice Bailey. Um, I'll say it again, and then we can discuss it. The souls of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve, and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form, and life, and all events, and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all men love. Surely that is the antidote to separatism in that great mantra. Yes, it's the basic formula is right there for eliminating separateness in one's own life, in one's own consciousness. If you take these words to heart and think about them deeply and begin to apply them in your life, you can um, certainly bring about a good deal of transformation in your own thinking, perhaps. Well, the opening <laughs> line, the souls of men are one, and I am one with them. Affirming that in consciousness on a regular basis and especially at those moments when outer circumstances might be telling you something quite different. Because we all encounter people and groups and events that we don't like. 
and we don't have to like them. What we have to remember is that on an inner level, the level of the soul, we are one and imprisoned within every human being, even the apparently lowest grade uh, human being, there is the soul, that divine aspect. Perhaps it's very uh, dimly lit, but that inner spiritual divine nature is in everyone and we must look for it and remember that it unites us all. Yes, and perhaps we should point out it says the souls of men are one, but that's a generic term and it means Thinking entity. Thinking entity. From the Sanskrit, manas. Man is from Sanskrit, manas meaning thinking entity or one who thinks. So women qualify. It it doesn't uh, mean men in the physical sense. So uh, that's one little point we should uh, get over. And it says, I seek to love and not hate. And I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. How often do we really live up to that? I seek to serve and not exact due service. I find myself expecting to be treated in a certain way, expecting to be served in a certain way. I mm-hmm. think we probably all do. Well, I seek to serve. You see, what it does is directs your energies outward, away from yourself, mm-hmm. away from that little self. The sense of entitlement. Mm-hmm. And if you exact uh, service from other ones, privilege. if you expect service, then all the energy is pouring into you. You are the center of it, the one being served. Mm-hmm. Whereas this mantram turns it around and puts the focus on serving others, not yourself. And yet, so many of us live as if it's all about me. And we can all slip into that trap uh, of judging events and uh, crises and circumstances in the way that they will affect us. It's all about how it's going to affect me. That's, in a sense, expecting to be served by life, by those around us in a particular way. And it separates us. It divides us. Mm -hmm. Where it says, I seek to heal, not hurt, Uh, you can... um Put this in the context of our speech, our daily speech. Uh, everything you say can hurt somebody if you aren't careful of what you're saying. And uh, so it's being aware of your speech, being aware of your thought patterns, and um, are they healing or are they actually criticizing or are they hurting someone? And that's a, a thing to keep in mind. And uh, the next uh, phrase is, let pain bring due reward of light and love. That's controversial, isn't it? Let pain bring due reward. You mean there's something good about pain? Well, life on this planet is inevitable, (laughs) painful. I mean, it's it's inevitable given the kind of evolutionary uh, life expressions that are growing on this planet. There's one in the Bailey writings, I think it's one of the titles of planet Earth is the the planet of painful endeavor. Yeah. So it's it's something that we can't escape because we're kind of thrown into this mass and... uh, It's how we learn, apparently. Right. Evolution on our planet, for reasons unknown to us, 
seems to occur through pain, through friction, and we've talked about this so much in the past. It's a very strengthening mm-hmm. kind of experience, even though it's painful, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain or mental anguish, there is um, something being worked out here, if we can only see it from that point of view. Pain is the great tenderizer, I like to think. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Sometimes when things are most painful, we become most aware of how much love there is around us and how much help we are given. And so it can be quite a quite an awakening experience to go through a very difficult time and realize how good at base people are and how good life is at its core. Mm. Let the soul control the outer form. Well, and life in all events, and here again, bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the times. Um, It's hard to see that underlying the happenings of the times today there is the great expression of love being worked out. Mm-hmm. And that's difficult because we tend to focus on the outer circumstances, the outer forms of life. We tend to make judgments based on outer what we see in the outer world. But underlying this all, adding pressure, is the great energy of love because that's the basic energy of God which God is trying to express on earth at this time. And that love doesn't always work in ways that are sweetly comforting. Love can be a fiery energy. Love can be propulsive, if that's the word, propelling. And it's a, a real power. And that power can disturb the complacent, self-satisfied, inert personality. But it nevertheless is love that is um, evolutionary in its effect that drives life forward. Mm-hmm. And that's why some of the most difficult circumstances can be the most um, educational and lead to a sense of the real beauty mm-hmm. of the plan. That's right. And then let vision come in insight and let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. That's a real appeal, isn't it? Let inner union demonstrate. Every one of us can cooperate in that appeal. And we do have card copies of this mantra of unification available if people want to call for them. Everybody that lends their consciousness and their voice to this appeal can be sure that they are working for greater oneness and greater universality among people, especially at this time when we have this dreadful war and this polarization. Let inner union demonstrate it's there right now, but we need to bring it into outer visibility. Mm-hmm. And the word let is important here because that that is a, a word that allows, yeah. it, it allows this energy to flow. And... Um, so that, that's the basically what needs to be done to overcome this whole, uh, what is it, sickness of separativeness. Let love prevail. Let all men love. Alice Bailey mm-hmm. said, one thing only will prevent separatism, loving understanding, and a consequent sacrifice of the life to humanity as a whole. 
the greatest good of the greatest number is the goal and all of us can contribute to that so if people want copies of this they are welcome to call and uh, request quantities for distribution please take advantage of the special offer from Lucy's Publishing Company Ponder on This that's the Alice Bally book Ponder on This which is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bally available now for $16 Send a check or money order, $16, to Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. If you need to get in touch with us for any reason, give us a call at 1-866-695-8247. The easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. Our website, www.lucistrust.org. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?